0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, today it's all about you and our open topic show. Now, no question is too big or too small. You pick the topic today. Now, to be a part of the show, please call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email email us at Tech. At MPBOnline.org. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people, only on MPB Think Radio.
1: MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting for more information. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
0: Good morning, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, today is all about you with our open topic show. Now, if you've got printer problems or your email won't open or even if your computer is running a little bit slow, give us a call. No question is too big or too small. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can reach us by email at everydaytech at org. Well, good morning, Jeremy. Good morning, Michelle. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How's everything in Hattiesburg? I
2: am crazy busy. Uh, I have been working on so many projects. I am excited to do the show today, just to have a little time to just
0: get away, uh, just relax, <laughs>
2: just get away, you know, answer some uh, questions exactly. and uh, inform the public about some cool stuff.
0: So, you know, I always ask you um, lately, what's the hottest uh, or hardest um, issue you're dealing with this week? or some interesting uh, computer issues this week.
2: Okay, so I do I do have some interesting stuff that I've dealt with. Um, recently, I was contacted by a client and they told me that they were having issues with their surveillance system. So I went there and I checked it out and um, they were like, we're supposed to have a screen full of cameras. And I was like, okay, it's like 16 cameras. So I'm trying to figure out where all these cameras went, I think, to, you know, just look at the back of the unit there and count how many wires are going into it. Well, there wasn't even 16 wires going into it. So uh, it turns out after a little bit of detective work, I found out they actually had 12 cameras, 10 of which were responding. So I uh, finally found the 11th one, but the 12th one just wouldn't show up. So I had to go up in the ceiling and pull the camera out, and, uh, yeah, it wasn't plugged in. Oh, um okay. I don't understand. Uh, it really, uh, honestly, this, this doesn't make any sense. But the wires uh, looked like they had been chewed by some kind of creature. Uh, but the unit was completely unplugged, which is just odd because uh, the way that these things are made, you know, they have little plastic enclosures that screw on tight around them and stuff, and none of that was in place. So I don't know. It was like a, like a, like a giant rat got up there and just, like, <laughs> unscrewed the thing and unplugged it and chewed the wires a little bit. I didn't. I, I honestly couldn't explain it. I was like, "Well, that's supposed to be plugged in." So uh, sure enough, you know, plugged it in, and uh, I got it to come back on. And uh, yeah, now they have all their cameras, all twelve of
0: them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm imagining this um, intelligent rodent up okay. in the attic. <laughs> So I
2: was, I was intimidated to go up in the ceiling because I was like, there's like this like gremlin creature up here, <laughs> and it's sabotaging the cameras, and I've got to stick my head up in here and find this wire. Oh. So I may come face to face with this thing. It could be an alien creature for all I know in the ceiling, you know, disassembling <laughs> things. Uh, luckily, I did not see the creature. Uh, the creature did not confront me, so we have no idea what it was. But. Um, the, uh, the cameras are fixed, so uh, mystery solved. Well, you uh, we know,
0: have... yeah, I'm going to say, um, to be continued, because if they call you back and say yeah. camera number 12 is not working, are you going to go back up there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go back up there. You would?
2: I will have a... Yep, I'll go back up there. Uh, I mean, it, it's really interesting. I Like, I've never seen a wire that was chewed quite like this, because really, the wires don't taste good to most creatures. Right. They typically alone and go for something you know a, a little more appetizing but this thing really it it got down on the wires i don't know i guess it was like mm, a sheathing on this is just delicious it didn't <laughs> it didn't chew any of the crucial parts of the wire so it didn't it didn't damage it but uh, yeah, I had to wrap it up in some tape and, and make sure that it was uh, going to have to fight pretty hard to get its teeth into it again.
0: And you know, you brought up some good points, and a lot of people don't think about that. Um, does does that happen often? Can creatures uh, chew in wires chew, or mess up your uh, computers and your stuff inside and up in your attic, or even outside it, in the back?
2: It is possible, yes. But like I said, I don't I don't see it a lot. And uh, the way that most of these things are designed, when when they're installed, they have some kind of uh, mechanism that will go over the attachment itself so that it can't come unplugged or get, you know, pulled or, or however it might come undone. Uh, it has ways to protect that. So uh, this time I just wrapped it in, you know, heavily in electrical tape to make sure that it wouldn't come undone.
0: Yeah, and that was something, like you said, that was a big creature, something large enough to pull it out of the um, socket.
2: See, I, I just, I have my doubts that it was ever plugged up, to be honest. I was going to
0: ask you that, you know, whoever installed it, yeah, I did it. It's done. You know, they didn't go up there to check after, behind him. So, you know, he just said, oh, maybe he forgot or was going too fast or something.
2: That's what I think, because I told the manager of the store, I was like, look, these things don't just unplug themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, even a critter in the attic is going to have to try pretty hard to unplug it. I mean, if something is pulling on a wire, it's going to pull it out of the the." what the little wires are actually plugged into before it pulls it out of the socket itself. But the whole thing was out. It was like it was never plugged in. All
0: right. Well, today, guys, is all about you with our Open Topic Wednesday. We're asking you to call us, give us your topics, give us your questions or comments. Jeremy is standing by and ready to tackle all of your tough questions. We're going to go to Osaka and start with Kathleen this morning. Good morning, Kathleen. (laughs) I don't know
3: if this is Creature comfort or fix it one whole one know. to get the answer. It's a, it's Look, a mix. <laughs> tell tell him there is no doubt. If a raccoon can get in there, they are so coy, sneaky, cheating, stealing. <laughs> hmm. They will chew up tape, chew up wires. I've seen one. I had a twist top. Tr- can- trash can and they bit through the side and worked through the top enough to where they untwisted it. I said look at this <laughs> but they do anyway my main question is we're going to be coming into storm season what do we do with computers or appliances and stuff to stop that surge from electric uh, is there a special cords or plugs or do we unplug them can you unplug a computer I don't know
2: so, um, first off, as far as the raccoons go, I, I hope it's not a raccoon, because this is like a drop tile ceiling that I was in, so it's, there's not a lot of support for a big raccoon. Um, to your question, uh, as far as appliances and surges go, um, your surge protector uh, is supposed to protect your uh, devices up to a certain amount of uh Jewels that can come across it but uh, the truth is that uh nothing will work better than unplugging it and i do uh typically try to uh keep my uh my devices unplugged when uh bad weather is coming in um the other option that you could have is like some sort of a battery backup but uh the truth is if something like lightning strikes near your house um it's it's probably going to damage some things i mean i've seen buildings with with fine surge protection that a lightning bolt hit out in the parking lot and took out multiple appliances inside so really it's it's just a luck of the draw unfortunately um there are of course things that you can do as far as getting surge protection for your house and all but there's no there's no guarantee so i would say uh if if you're really concerned about losing it uh in a situation like that just unplug it
0: all right, Kathleen, and I hope everybody was listening to you. Storm season is uh, approaching and there are certain things you need to do to save your computers and save your electronics at home. And Jeremy you just told me something I really didn't know that you should unplug your Uh, I know, (laughs) electronics during a storm. So you're saying just say a bad storm. We had one a couple of days ago. So you're saying it's best to just unplug all of your, just say, my um, Xfinity box and things like that, my computers and things like that?
2: Would if you wanted to survive. I mean, there's no surge protector on the planet that can save you from a bolt of lightning hitting your house. So, Mm. I mean, just... I mean, I've seen so many components just get knocked out, and usually what it is, uh, it's something that people forget about, like the modem, um, where uh, the surge will come across the Ethernet cable, and it will zap the ports on the routers, so you lose just enough to lose your Internet. Kind of oh,
0: ironic. All right. Well, we're going to move on to Louisiana and speak with Timothy. Good morning, Timothy. Thanks for calling in, Everyday Tech. Good morning, young people. <laughs>
4: I do tech support for a farm, several farms, and we find rats are a real issue with chewing on wires. Uh, I, I've got camera systems, you know, looking at, at tractors and that sort of thing. And I, at least three or four times a year, I will have to replace a wire due to rat chewing on it. And we put up poisons and everything, you know.
2: Hmm. Timothy, is that uh, like a coaxial cable or is that Ethernet
4: cable? Uh, Ethernet, coax, uh, you know, for BNC fitting type wires for the cameras, you know. Um, okay. All of them, they're, they're soy-based plastics. Right. Okay, and also I was wondering, can I build a little Faraday cage around my computer? Will that help?
2: Uh, would it help for what? surge well
4: yeah, well i you know i was thinking of IMPs, you know
2: like an emp um EMP, uh, yeah I, yeah if you if you built it correctly yes that should protect your computer from a uh,
4: i could just make a small one to store all my stuff in you know
2: yeah you could you could do that
4: all right All right. Thank you. We all have a groovy day. You too, Tim. All right.
2: Thank Uh, you. So he's asking about a a Faraday cage, which is like a – it's basically an insulated – an electrically insulated uh, box that you build that can protect your electronics from outside sources. So um, in the event of an
0: electromagnetic
2: pulse, pulse, um, it could protect your electronics from damage.
0: Oh, look at that high-tech – um, fix it one-on-one. Look at that. <laughs> We're going to take our first break, but when we return, we'll it's all about you with our open topic show. We want you to get on the phone lines and give us a call. No question is too big or too small. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can simply email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Everyday Tech. On MPB, the radio.
1: MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org/underwriting for more information. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
0: morning. This is MBB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Jeremy Thompson via Skype. And today is all about you with our open topic show. Now, Jeremy is standing by ready to tackle All of your tough questions. You can give us a call. No question is too big or too small. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Now, you can call us about printers, emails, (laughs) chewed wires, rats, rodents. (laughs) We've had all types of questions already this morning. Now, uh, of course, we have our good friend, Alan, our resident correspondent, on the phone, <laughs> that's what I like to call him. Good morning, Alan.
5: <laughs> hey, Michelle and Jeremy. Uh, good, good, good to talk to you guys. Good to uh, talk to I, you too. My, my first a, question is, when Jeremy wrapped that uh, the electrical tape around that number twelve camera, did he used the the, the pepper flavored one. So the pepper flavored tape uh, to discourage future chewing. That, that, that that's an idea. But uh, is that it? Uh, uh, <laughs> That's really thing good.
2: Idea. I want to, yeah. it, it, does
5: that exist? I, 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 doubtfully, but uh, anyway, I'm, try, I'm trying to be <laughs> humorous. Uh, 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 yes, uh, That's an my idea.
2: Question, We're always looking my, for them.
5: My other question is real specific and, 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 and sort of technical. You know, I, I bought an, you know I've got an iOS device, an iPhone that you know it's my it's my main go to mobile device, and then uh, I, I bought an Android Moto X4 the other day to you know start playing around with it. stuff. So. so I, I manage all of my contacts and calendars in Outlook 2010 on my my Windows 7 computer, so I thought, well, yeah, I need to get all my calendar information and contacts synced with both of my devices. So, I turned on the I—I mean, I downloaded the iCloud for Windows and and set all that up. I'm, I'm not a big fan of iCloud for Windows, but I think I finally got all that working. But I I discovered that.
6: Syncing stuff
5: to an Android device—it's it, it, not just a matter of going into your settings and ticking a box and stuff. I, I finally determined to get my information over to my Android, but I'm gonna have to buy some software to put on my computer to kind of like manage the process. It seems That's like, it. and uh, and I, I found something called Companion Link for Outlook. It's about fifty bucks. I mean, I don't mind buying it and stuff. But I, since you're the Android wizard, I thought I'd I'd run that question by you. Uh, it do- it doesn't seem like there's some kind of process built into Android that lets stuff automatically sync once you you've turned all that stuff on. Uh, uh, did I miss something?
2: So seemingly the actual issue here is not so much with Android, but with a way to get it to sync with a uh, with Outlook at, or what you have in Outlook to get to sync with something in the cloud that Android can sync with. A lot of syncing in there.
5: Um, right. Right. Right.
2: What you'll have to do is get that software and attach it to Outlook. I've, I've done this once before, and I, I don't think that was the uh, the software that I used, but it was something like that, and they may have rebranded themselves or something. Um, yeah, I, mean, yeah there's it,
5: several, there, I think there's several different products out there, right?
2: Yeah, what you need is is a good module to attach to Outlook that will attach to your Gmail account. And once it attaches to your Gmail account, then it should just sync with the phone Easily, so the real task is getting it to work with Gmail, not so much the Android.
6: Okay, well, and I've got
5: all—I mean, I've, and I've got a Gmail account, and I've got all that stuff turned on. And I mean, I guess I was thinking I'll go into—I mean, i started with my iPhone, and I thought I'll go into the iPhone settings under uh, passwords and accounts, and, there, and there's a place you can uh, you can turn your iCloud stuff on for calendars and contacts, and there's a place under your Gmail account where you can do the same thing. Oh, I I right. turned all that stuff on after I researched this on Google, and I thought, okay, well, yeah, now it's all going to happen automatically. But you know, uh, n- nothing happens after you turn that stuff on. It's like you got to do another step to, to to manage the process. And and I, and I think that that software is going to be the answer. But anyway, yes, I I, I, I won't take any... yes, okay.
2: Well, in the past okay. when I dealt with that, I also had to go the software route just just to be able to get uh, some some level of syncing between Outlook and uh, Google's cloud service.
0: Okay.
6: All right. That's
2: what I need to know. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Alan. You always come with great questions and great comments. We're going to move on to Betty. Betty is in Jackson. Good morning, Betty.
7: Good morning. Thank you so much for all the great tips you guys give us. I, I enjoy all the morning talk shows and wish I had time to go back and listen to the podcast. Um and I'm having to ignore this call. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I actually have two topics I would love to discuss. Number one, um, I was telling, uh, is that Michelle that answered Yes. Um, okay, Michelle. Hi,
3: hi Betty.
7: Um, I, we have recently moved to our dream home out in the country where it's so peaceful, and we have turkey and deer and no Wi-Fi. And my goodness, what a handicap that is these days, especially if Indeed. you work from home any. Um I hope the EPA gets things up and running, but I, I'm pretty sure that's going to be um, a couple of years out. So in the meantime, we are limited to our cellular data because I've heard nothing good about the satellite options out there, and you get no free trial. you know you pay your upfront startup costs and sign a contract and you are stuck from all I hear and everything else so is- they get you. Yep, yep, and I'm not going there, not for that kind of money, but, boy, our cell phone bill is sky high and and very frustrating because, obviously, we, you know, no Netflix or Hulu or any of that stuff, but uh, we're managing. And I just, one thing, I mean, I, I don't expect you to have a miracle for me in that regard, but I'll listen if you do. But another thing is if, I mean, we can't do anything like Ring or, you know, home security um, that are dependent on Wi-Fi. So that part is kind of two-fold. And if I don't eat up too much time on that one, I'll ask you my next question, which is unrelated.
2: Okay. All right. So um, as far as uh, resolving your woes, no, ma'am. Um, <laughs> I didn't think so. Cellular is your only option other than satellite. Um, hopefully uh, with the recent legislature that was signed where they're allowing uh, cable to be run over uh, more power lines, I believe it is. Uh, it should reach out that way eventually, but it is going to take some time. Right. Um, I, I also would not go the satellite route. I have seen it. I have tested it. I've worked with it. It's not my favorite thing to deal with. And I've watched customers go from, you know, 50 times the speed down to a satellite connection, and they're like, well, why is it so slow? Well, you know, you were going through a much bigger pipe. Now you're going through a tiny little straw. So it's just, uh, it, it's a tough situation. As far as the cellular data issue goes, um, you're not tethering your phones. Do you have like a dedicated device, like a home router?
7: Well, no, I didn't realize, so you may help me, because I did not know um, that you could use a router with cellular data. I so
2: you can talk to your provider, and they can provide you with a, a home device that will stay at your house Uh, That can plug into your wall and it can hopefully um, Pull down internet at a decent speed and then you can connect your devices to that Um, As far as a device like a ring or anything like that It's going to depend on what kind of speed that you can get while you're out there Um, But there are some other cameras that you may want to check out that I know um, At least on a Verizon home connection. uh, They seem to be uh, fairly functional. It's blink cameras
7: oh good Um, we do have verizon
2: yeah okay so um the blink cameras i know for a fact uh those do at least work over that connection um so uh, you should at least have some kind of technology that can monitor your home uh you know and and give you some updates as to what's going on if you're not home that won't just destroy your data will of course, need to keep an eye on that to make sure of that. But now, as far as a cellular data plan uh, that you can use at home, is it just you, your husband, kids? What you got?
7: Just the two of us, and we are on the unlimited, so we are up to, oh, gosh, I think we pay like two sixty a month for the two phones. And we also have a MiFi, uh,
2: okay. which… So MiFi would actually be what, what we're talking about, uh, you know, hooking up in your house. Uh, getting a more dedicated device to it. They can actually come out there and mount an antenna on the exterior of your home um, that will amplify the signal so that you can get better wireless coverage, uh, possibly even 4G, uh, where you're located.
7: Well, and we do, we need to talk to them about that. I, I uh, did get a booster off of Amazon, and I I thought it was helping some. to complicate things. The house is very low maintenance with real thick walls and metal exteriors and roofs, so.
2: Well, you may need somebody from Verizon to actually come out and assess your home and see what kind of solution they can offer you. Everybody's situation is different. Um, and uh, those antennas that you can get that amplify your signal, I, I found that uh, some of them work okay and some of them don't work at all. And uh, it's it's kind of a mixed bag.
7: Okay. Well, you do have what some about your, suggestions.
2: <laughs> yes, ma'am, I do. Uh, and what about your second question?
7: Um, I recently dunked my iPhone 6S Plus for a swim, and, of course, it was the rice in a bag. Didn't, it, it came back up, but it, it couldn't be operational to be dependable. So I went ahead and upgraded to the 10, and other than it being water-resistant, I'm not really liking anything better about it. I know the camera has some features that I didn't have on the 6S Plus, but I don't like the face ID versus the touch ID cuz that's
2: Yeah. You like you like having the feedback rather than it just immediately just unlocking something something to put your finger on, something to touch, something to vibrate a little bit, something to let you know that it's it's made some sort of contact with you.
7: Well, if you're in the bed and the lights are out, you know, Face ID may or may not work, and it's certainly not convenient to have to, you know, reach over and pick it up versus just touch it. So
2: that's very true. Uh, so in the future, uh, you can look forward to embedded fingerprint scanning uh, will actually be part of the display itself. Samsung is using this on their latest Galaxy S10 right now. Um, you'll actually just be able to put your fingerprint down on the display itself and it will scan your finger. So while your 10 won't support that feature, uh, future phones will. Um, Also, as far as uh, the other features of the phone, you know, not being that much different than your 6S Plus, I'm really not too surprised to hear that because the interface hasn't changed much. Um, That is one thing that I sort of kind of tip my cap to Apple and sort of roll my eyes at the same time uh, because the interface doesn't change very much no matter which type of iPhone you use very similar in the way that it looks and the way that it acts save for a few bells and whistles mm-hmm. whereas when you get a newer android phone you know uh, if you can even update it and the whole thing will look different which is in some ways uh neat and in other ways really annoying so it's kind of like we have this like middle ground where you know it's like do you want the phone to change or do you want it to stay almost exactly the same as it was because i've just noticed that that stagnant uh, style of interface with the iPhone where it really does not change. So, you know, consistency in some ways is good, but after 10 years of it looking the same way, uh, it might be time to add a few more bells and whistles to make it a little more exciting. That's kind of why I've I've been really disappointed with Apple in the last couple of years, not only because they're trying to put people like me out of business, but because of their, their innovation is basically gone it's like they're not even trying anymore and now they're gonna you know they're gonna put out a foldable display and it's like okay well you know we've had those so what's what's next what's the new exciting thing truth is we're kind of at a stagnating point with cellular devices at all they're all pretty good doesn't matter if you bought one four years ago or yesterday it's probably going to be pretty decent phone so it's all in the eye of the beholder
7: yeah and i did not intend to upgrade when i took it into verizon but of course you know, I had a credit because I'd, you know, met my time on my contract. And I actually didn't take advantage of my uh, insurance and didn't have to trade it in. So I'm actually thinking about going back and getting that replacement phone and maybe selling the 10. I don't know. Uh,
2: well, it's a bummer you don't like it, but I-, I can understand why.
7: Yeah, I mean, I like it, but not for the difference in price.
2: Oh, Oof. yeah, definitely. That's a Yeah, that's a big shocker.
7: Yeah, those are... Yeah, that's ridiculous, and we are so dependent on them now, especially if you're out in the sticks and that's your computer.
6: Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Because
7: forget getting on the Internet with my um, cellular data now. I'll have to pursue the options you gave me, so I appreciate that.
2: Absolutely. Also, one more thing I wanted to mention. Even though you are on an unlimited cellular plan, remember that does not mean unlimited super speed. That means... You get a limited amount of 4G LTE speed, and then they throttle you down to 3G, which is, well, it's basically our modern-day equivalent of dial-up.
7: Really? 4G to 3G? No, you said 3G is equivalent of dial-up?
2: Basically, these days. It's it's that slow.
7: Well, I don't think I get 4G that much, and I'm glad you said that because that's another thing I didn't realize when I upgraded, and I may not be well-informed, but it seems like I've read that the current Apple phones are not going to work with 5G when it rolls out.
2: Well, 5G won't be in Mississippi like we want it to be for several years anyways. (laughs) We are always the last to get it anyway. So by the time that like 5G phones are everywhere, we'll have it available here in Mississippi and actually be able to use it. So that is less of a concern, I
0: think. Oh, Okay. Alrighty. Thank you, Miss Betty. I hope everything works out for you and don't forget to call Verizon. Uh like Jeremy said, to get them to come out and assess your home. So you can get some Wi Fi in your house. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for us to take another break, but um, we have open phone lines. And, of course, Carrie, thank you for being so patient from Biloxi. We will come back with you with your laptop question. Now, this is our Open Topic Wednesday, so it's all about you and your problems or concerns or questions. Jeremy is hot today. He is rolling. He's answering these questions. No question is too big or too small. Now, the number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 1-877- 877 672 7464. Stay tuned for more everyday tech only on MPB Think Radio. And get to a radio? Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio
0: thanks for joining us. This is Everyday Tech. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, here with our tech expert, Jeremy Thompson. Now, if you can't listen to the show live, you can listen on our podcast at mpbonline.org. There you can listen to all of our wonderful local programs at your convenience. Now, if you're just joining us, today is all about you and our open topic show. Now, if you'd like to be a part of the show, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877- Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org Well, phone lines are lit up We're going to go to Biloxi as promised and speak with Carrie So patiently waiting Good morning, Carrie Good morning, how are y'all? Doing great, doing great You have a question or comment for Jeremy today?
4: Yes, Um, I have a laptop computer Mister Hewlett-Packard And the screen has gone out on it There's nothing wrong with the computer The screen just doesn't work anymore and I wonder if it, it could be repaired. I've been told that the only thing I could do was, was get a new standalone screen, which I don't want to do because of the space
5: and the inconvenience.
2: Uh, no, uh, you can definitely get a replacement screen for your laptop. Um, I do recommend having it done by a uh, somebody who knows what they're doing for sure. Um, it's not something that I would recommend just anybody do unless you are accustomed to taking things apart. Um, but yeah, you can definitely get a replacement screen for that. You do not just have to hook it up to an external display that can definitely have a uh, new life breathed into it. Now, depending on how old it is, finding a screen for it might be difficult, but it can definitely be repaired and there should be a part out there somewhere.
4: It's, uh, I think it's less than maybe three years old.
2: Okay. And does it have a touchscreen? Uh, No. Okay, all right. If it doesn't have a touchscreen, that, that I, I can pretty much guarantee you that device can be repaired. Uh, if it had a touchscreen, touchscreen parts can be really difficult to find. Uh, HP, you know, they don't manufacture these things for very long before they discontinue them. And then the parts have to be sourced off of older used laptops or new ones that they've just, you know, parted out for whatever reason. Um, but if it doesn't have a touchscreen, I could say that, yeah, you could definitely find an
4: LCD for that. What would it cost to use that replacement?
2: Um, Generally, something like that's probably going to run you uh, somewhere probably between uh, – it depends on the repair shop, of course, and the part that they get. Uh, but I would say probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 130 to 175 if it's about a 15-inch screen. I mean, it depends on what size it is, what quality. Uh, there are several variables that can go into it. But um, if you take it into a, a repair shop, they should be able to quote you a price on replacing
4: the display. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot.
0: All right. Thank you, Carrie. Hope we can get that on uh, computer fixed. Uh, Jeremy, you get a lot of those uh, type of um, questions and problems coming into your shop, don't you?
2: Every single week. And uh, a lot of the times it's a student who's in a pinch. They got a paper or something they need to get finished. So I'm like, look, you can hook this thing up to a TV or a monitor with an HDMI port on it and you can use it, you know, hook a keyboard up to it if you need to and a mouse. Uh, if you need to get your work done, and then you can always get your screen fixed later. But as far as that being your only option and not being able to get the screen fixed, no, I wouldn't tell a client that unless they had something that was super old or if it possibly had a touch screen on it. I have to be dubious about those because sometimes we just can't find the part. Uh, but it always depends on the age of the machine, of
0: course. Right. right. We're going to head on over to Hernando and speak with Susan this morning. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Thanks for calling the show. You have a question or comment for Jeremy?
3: Uh, yes, I wanted to ask. Um, I uh, I have peripheral neuropathy, like uh, a lot of diabetics have, and what's happened is my fingerprints have disappeared. And then I was talking to my doctor about it, and she said, well, she doesn't have fingerprints either because she washes her hands so much that uh, that the basically the skin on the tips of our fingers has gotten very thin, so the grooves don't stand out anymore. So my question is, will there be a backup or a alternative for people who don't have fingerprints when all these people are going to touch screen and fingerprint ID what about those of us who don't have fingerprints
2: so uh, there are multiple ways to verify uh, your identity when it comes to you know using your phone and when we're talking about uh, accepting a fingerprint on a a phone uh, we're talking about authorizing ourselves uh, to either unlock it or to purchase something Uh, but it is possible to use other things like a code or a password um, a lot of the newer phones are doing the face scanning, and then there's also iris scanning. So there are multiple ways uh, that you can set these things up. For example, on my phone, I use the iris scanner because I recently got LASIK and my glasses don't interfere with it anymore. So I can just turn my phone on, and it basically just unlocks itself from just scanning my eyes. So even though you don't have fingerprints, you do still have eyes. And uh, those will work just fine on the phones that do support it. Uh, other than that, you would just have to use a passcode or a PIN.
3: So you're saying they will still have the alternative – the newer phones will ha- still have the alternative of using a passcode or a PIN?
2: Absolutely. They should for some time. Uh, now, we are supposedly seeing the beginning of the end of the password, so it's always possible that uh, – it- you may not see those things forever, but it's going to be a while before that is completely phased out. So be confident that the future will have a, a an authentication method that will work for you.
3: Thank
0: you. All right, Absolutely. Susan. Good question. Thank you so much. We're going Great to move question. on to Rosina in uh, Braxton, Mississippi. Good morning, Rosina. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. You have a question for Jeremy?
3: Yes. Um, power goes out frequently where I live. So I was thinking uh, UPS to uh, give power to my modem and the router, what should I look for? What specs?
2: Um, So as far as just a modem and a router goes, you won't need anything super spiffy to Mm -hmm. uh, use. Uh, I would say, I'm sorry?
3: I was just going to say, could I still power my computer to get something powerful enough to do that too?
2: Uh, yes, it is possible. Okay. You would probably need something in the neighborhood of about uh, 1500 VA, and uh, that's going to probably run you
3: uh,
2: probably about like 165, 180, something like that. Um, it's just a, a decent size battery backup. I can't tell you exactly how long that would keep your computer on. It, of course, depends on what your computer is doing. Um, but I would say it should give you at least 15 minutes on the, the computer itself uh, to get it shut down. But, of course, it's going to depend on, you know, what wattage power supply you have. There, there are a lot of variables that go into it. But I would say that that's a generally uh, a good uh, catch-all uh, UPS that you could get there.
3: I didn't run the computer but wanted the router and um, modem for Wi-Fi use on my cellular um,
5: phone,
3: would that be sufficient for an hour?
2: Uh, yes, I would say that it would definitely run those two devices for at least an hour. If, it, if you okay. don't have a computer hooked up to it, that's where your main power draw is. Okay. Your modem, your router, those are very low power devices, so yeah, it would probably run it for several hours.
3: Oh, okay, 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 1,500. Okay, Yep. thanks. Yep.
0: You're welcome. All right, Rosina, thank you so much for calling in. We're gonna uh keep it going with Rob. And Rob is in Hamilton, Alabama. Good morning, Rob. Thanks for calling the show.
6: Uh good morning. Uh first of all I was going I kinda of mirror one of your earlier callers where I have an Apple six so where that dropped in the water and then I end up uh going with uh XR, uh which is AT and T, which I really like my XR. And uh, but I just use the old fashioned passcode, so that kind of takes care of that. But my my question was, and it happened this morning, is while using my phone, if I'm only using an app or something, uh, you know, you have these pop up ads, and then you have a pop up ad to eliminate pop up ads, and uh, and I was just wondering, like for this one that popped up, it says. Uh, to get rid of those pop-up ads, you can pay like a subscription of like $1.99 per month. And I was just wondering, are those legit or are they actually good to use or is there any that you recommend?
2: Um, as far as using an app where they want you to pay monthly to get rid of the uh, ads, I-, I personally wouldn't support that. I don't agree with that kind of tyranny in my apps um but uh i would say that for the most part that should be a legitimate service if you do want to pay for that if you do like using the app and you want to get rid of that uh yeah if i would say just make sure that it is in fact not showing you ads and if it is that you contact the uh, vendor for a refund
6: okay um my other question is is talking about i have to use a hotspot. my phone is a hotspot, and did you mention that i can also there's they offer a modem or routers Uh, In place of using my cellular hotspot.
2: That's correct. So you could save the battery life on your phone And you would have another device in your home that you would connect your devices to now keep in mind That's going to come with an additional data plan uh, charge for the equipment, etc, etc. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're uh, exploring uh, what that's going to cost you up front. But, yes, there are devices that are available for that. Uh, there are the little MiFis, which are the little portable ones, which, in my opinion, are kind of dinky, uh, but then there are more sophisticated setups where, like I said, you can actually get them to come out and mount an antenna to your home to amplify your signal.
6: Okay. Well, this is kind of the issue I have is with my using my laptop, is that when, I, of course, I leave the house, I take my phone with me, and then when I come back, of course, I've lost the connection. And then I haven't. I only have this issue. It's kind of crazy, but to try to log on, I basically have to shut the laptop, shut it down, and uh, boot it back up. Then I have to shut my phone down and boot it back up before I can get a connection, which I usually do. But I got to go through this waiting process of doing that, and it's kind of you know
2: aggravating. I just love technology. It's kind of the equivalent of like having to stand at a certain angle with the, uh, with the rabbit ears. to get the TV for the signal to come in just properly. Um, as far as that procedure goes, um, that, that is normal um, when, when it comes to a device losing the Wi-Fi signal with the network, not always being available. you may have to reboot those devices from time to time. Um, as far as getting Windows to reconnect, if you bring it up from sleep and you uh, you power the uh, Wi-Fi device on from uh, or, or when you tether your phone um, and you turn that network on, Windows should see it um, if you've powered the network on while Windows is actively searching for wireless networks. But I can totally understand why it takes having to reboot both of those devices sometimes, especially if it's Windows 10. Can be really picky about connecting to wireless networks that it just connects and disconnects from a lot.
1: Well,
6: actually, I'm still on Windows Seven, and I was kind of wondering if maybe it's is that it becoming obsolete, and that was a possible the reason. Uh, it's that.
2: Uh, it could also be that your antenna is uh, starting to go out on that laptop with it having an older style antenna. You know, it's a little bit older, It could just be getting worn out. Um, you can always get, like, a USB one, or you could upgrade the one that's actually uh, in your machine um, to a higher standard, uh, better, quicker speed. Uh, that might help the connectivity issues as well. Um, it's always a good idea to, to get an upgrade for an antenna like that after a couple of years, because um, if you're running Windows 7, that's probably uh, wireless in technology. We've had a few upgrades since then, so you might benefit uh, in some speed as well if you consider upgrading your antenna. Yeah.
6: Well I try to stay on top of the updates, but hey, I wanna let y'all know I really enjoy y'all's show. I listen to those podcasts all the time and I just happen to catch y'all live today, so I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you so
0: much Rob all right thanks for calling in now again this is our open topic show it's all about you today any question you have for jeremy he is on a row he is rolling today no question is too big or too small it's time for us to take our final break but don't go far we're still tackling of course some of your tough tech questions uh if you'd like to be a part of the show of course give us a call at 1877 mpv ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six one. Or you can reach us by email at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people, only on MPB and Radio.
1: business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org underwriting. Deep South Dining is a show all about the culture of Southern flavor.
5: And on April the 22nd, MPB Think Radio will bring you some of the most delicious radio you have ever heard or tasted. I'm Malcolm White, and I, with my friend, restaurateur Carol Puckett, we will share recipes, stories, and talk with you about food that has shaped your home and ultimately the world. That's Deep South Dining, returning on April the 22nd, only on MPB Think Radio.
1: You're listening to Everyday Tech on MVP Think Radio.
0: Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm your host, Michelle McAdoo, along with our tech expert, Jeremy Thompson, via Skype. Now, if you're just joining us today... Today is Open Topic Wednesday. Now, if you're, you've got a question you haven't been able to get in, the phone lines are still open. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 Or you can reach us by email. The address is everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, we're going to go back to the phone lines, and we're not. So um, we lost Diana. Hopefully she can give us a call right back. I did want to get this Quick story, and it was interesting. Um, one of my coworkers just told me about robots at Walmart. Jeremy, Walmart is hiring hiring more robots to replace human tasks like cleaning floors and scanning inventory. What do you think about that?
2: I think that this is the inevitable future of automation. It's it's neat. It's going to cost a lot of jobs uh, at first, um, but a lot of these jobs. Well, I'm not going to say somebody doesn't want to clean the floors, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just it, as these tasks become able to be programmed by a device, it's, it's going to happen. I and mean, we,
0: exactly. But we what they said everywhere. in on on the story is that they actually did this because they, they replaced human tasks that humans didn't enjoy doing. So if you think about that, um, and it's a bid to save labor costs. So, I mean, like you said, all-around win-win, but go ahead, Java. He, had a, um, he wanted to jump in on this.
8: Well, uh, yeah, I just wanted to jump in and actually get uh, Jeremy's uh, opinion on this, and to piggyback off what you said, I don't think... Um people don't enjoy certain tasks. They just haven't found the right person to um, <laughs> fulfill that job. But, um, Jeremy, do you think even with these um, robots at Walmart and stuff, like they said, they're taking away those tasks, mopping the floors and uh, and things like that. Do you think it'll get a time where the basic set of skills a person has to learn is like some type of coding? Because with all of this automation and, mm-hmm. and robots coming around, like almost how... Programming. Yeah, pro- right. programming it's going to become like math, like you have to know how to do this to function uh, within the world.
2: So I don't think that programming necessarily will be the skill that you have to have. Um, I will say that it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt a bit. Um, but as far as uh, existing in this future, uh, as as these things are programmed more and more, they're going to start learning on their own and be part of a, a bigger uh, um, intelligence that constantly just grows from what it, it absorbs and learns on a daily basis.
0: And so think about it, Jeremy, um,
2: Will eventually Robots, teach itself,
0: right? Robots don't talk back. They don't come to work late. They don't um, take long lunch breaks. They don't steal. <laughs> but I don't.
8: I don't know about that one, um, um, uh, Michelle. Because if anybody's on Twitter and they follow at Real Sophia Robot, uh, oh. she is tweeting as if she is. A real person. A and robot it's, is tweeting, and it's kind of scary too. She uh, she poses questions to us humans as a robot concerning her rights. And wait, wait, you know, wait! Someone yeah, um, is
0: someone is behind that. There's a human being behind. Yeah, somebody
8: that. somebody
2: programmed it, but now it works on its own. See, they've done a lot of these experiments. Facebook did one, Microsoft did one, and they let it get out. In public, and it didn't exactly do what they thought it should do. Some of it did some very like xenophobic and crazy things because it's just out there learning from what it sees on the internet. So I would say putting an intelligence like that on the internet is a bad idea because there's so many opinions out there, not all of them good, not all of them valuable necessarily, but they're out there. ...for these devices to absorb. So we just have to be really careful and really selective about releasing something like that because those mistakes have been made, and <laughs> it's been kind of embarrassing for them.
0: So are we saying artificial intelligence can evolve? Is that what we're oh, saying right now?
2: Yes, that's that's what it does. I mean, you, you, um, we talked previously, briefly, about the, uh, the the AI that was programmed by Facebook that started using its own language to communicate with another AI... And they didn't know what it was saying because it wasn't using our language. They had created their own.
0: Say what? Well, Lawrence, I I don't know if we're going to be able to get you in in 10 minutes. Uh, but, Lawrence, you had a, a Galaxy S10 question. You can always email Jeremy because that's his uh, forte, and he will answer you back. Again, thank you for calling the show, Lawrence. And if you email Jeremy, he will answer you back today. I promise. You promise, Jeremy? I'll try.
2: I got a busy day, but I'll do it. Yeah,
0: let's do it. Well, thanks for listening to Everyday Tech um, and supporting Everyday Tech and MPB Think Radio. Now, if you missed part of the show, you want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech or subscribe to our podcast. For Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy. And join us next week for another episode of Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people only on MPB. Think Radio.